And it's a great place <laughs> to swim with sea turtles. I'm just going with Shelly Ocean. That's right. Oh, okay. Yeah. So isn't it beautiful? <laughs> that is, it is beautiful there. I actually went swimming with the turtles. Once. I did too. My whole family did. Yeah. We had so much fun. The only thing stopping me is I've been to Shaolioshu before. We actually circumnavigated the island. I didn't realize it was that big. It looked oh, yeah. bigger than I, than it felt like. Yeah, yeah, you definitely wanted some sort of like scooter, you need electric a scooter, scooter or electric bike. Yeah. yeah, it's so much fun over there. And one tip when you're uh, with swimming with the turtles, don't touch them. You're not allowed, you're not allowed to. Touch to. Them. You can't yeah. even wear sunscreen. So yeah. they are very yeah. protective of them, but they're very nice. I mean, they swim really close to you and. It's they swim beautiful. at you knowing that they get fine. <laughs> I did. I actually was uh, I was filming one with a little GoPro and it like came straight at me and I was like, whoa! <laughs> Traffic oh, wow. accident. Wow. In water. Fun. <laughs> it's cool. What's this all about? Why are they doing that? What's going on here? It's Curious John. What is he curious about today? Taiwan's indigenous peoples are famous for their gifts of song and dance, but fewer people outside their communities know much about their traditions of instrumental music. As my guest today tells me, this is often quieter and more introspective music. It's meant to be intimate and not for grand public performances. So what's this music like? The typical instruments from a range of indigenous groups are now on display in an exhibit at the Chahamu Museum, a museum for indigenous culture in the southern city of Tainan. Here to take us on a tour of the collection and teach us a bit about Taiwan's indigenous music is the museum's Mukui Anil. The instruments of Taiwan's indigenous peoples are made from materials like bamboo, wood, and metal, and they can be broadly divided into three categories. First, there are percussion instruments like log drums, xylophones, shakers, and even bells worn by dancers. Then there are flutes played by blowing either from the mouth or the nose, and panpipes. Finally, you find the plucked instruments, which can be things like musical bows or mouth harps, on which a reed is held against the cavity of the mouth and made to vibrate with a loud boing by pulling on an attached string. This exhibit showcases 30 instruments from all three of these categories. In total, they represent 10 of Taiwan's 16 officially recognized native peoples. Mukui says that some of these instruments evolved from everyday noisemakers used for practical purposes. For instance, he says that some of them were first used to scare off crop-eating birds or to send messages over long distances, for instance, to send a warning that enemies had been sighted. Log drums and xylophones are examples of these. One thing to know about indigenous instruments is that not all of them are really used in everyday life. A few are even reserved for very special purposes or settings and are never played otherwise. This is the case with certain chimes that Saishat people tie onto themselves as they dance during their famous pasta eye ceremony, held once every two years. 
Mukui says that strictly speaking, he considers these a ritual tool rather than a proper instrument, since they aren't exactly played so much as shaken with the dance, and they don't play any kind of melody. But there are other examples of instruments that don't show up every day. The Paiwan people of southern Taiwan have a double-barreled flute, with one tube playing a drone note and the other equipped with holes to play a melody. This instrument is played by blowing from the nostrils. Traditionally, this flute can only be played by men, and in some communities, only by men who are also chieftains or members of the noble class. While there weren't necessarily rules about when it could be played, there were a few conventions. For instance, one situation where it might be played was when a grieving person remembered someone who had recently passed on. They wouldn't necessarily perform in front of others. Instead, they might just go to a quiet corner alone and play as a way of expressing their feelings. Even some more common instruments have their associations with certain events or festivities. The log drums of the Amis, for instance, signal the start of ceremonies. And in the past, some indigenous peoples used their mouth harps in a romantic way, with a man playing outside a woman's home to let her know that he was interested. These days, amid efforts to revive indigenous cultures, some of these taboos or cultural expectations are coming down, and so you can now hear them in everyday situations. Some Paiwan people now even let their daughters play the nose flute once reserved for men, and Amis log drums are now played on stage alongside bands. Kids in some schools even learn how to make and play some of these instruments, especially xylophones and mouth harps. Which brings us to an interesting point about this exhibit. Ten of the 30 artifacts on display here don't come from the museum's own collection. Instead, they're borrowed from local schools with exactly these sorts of indigenous music programs in their curriculum. One of them focuses especially on teaching students how to play the small xylophones made of sticks that are played by the Taruku people of Taiwan's east coast. What's interesting about these schools is that neither of them really has many students with an indigenous background. These programs are instead a way to let non-indigenous kids learn more about Taiwan's native cultures. Most of the other artifacts come from local indigenous associations. The city of Tainan isn't really a place known for having a big indigenous population, but a fair number of people from elsewhere on the island have migrated to the city for work and study. And as they've done so, Mukui says, they've brought their instruments with them from their home villages. The results of all these contributions from schools and associations is a rich mixture of things like atayal and bunun mouth harps, rukai flutes, and amis panpipes, musical bows, and shakers, among others. We don't have time to talk about every one of these instruments, but I asked Mukui to give us some of the highlights. He suggests three for us. First are the mouth harps of the Atayal people. Most of Taiwan's native peoples make mouth harps of some sort, but no one does them quite like the Atayal do. 
Where most mouth harps are simple things with just a single reed, a tile mouth harps have multiple reeds or tongues made of metal. This means these mouth harps can be used to play different notes and form melodies. Up to five metal reeds are common, but Rukui says that even eight might not be unusual. Next is a flute made by the Rukai people. This is one of the few instruments on this exhibit that has a real history. Most of them are just modern reproductions. At first, curators had no idea where this flute came from. It took some detective work and a comparison with historical photographs to figure out that it came from a specific Rukai clan in a particular village. The flute is a work of art in itself, richly carved with patterns. Finally, Mukui recommends checking out the big range of xylophones from different peoples all across the island. They have served a variety of purposes, including the sending of messages between villages, and each one looks quite distinct. Saishiat, Paiwan, Amis, Atayal, Teruku, Thao, Bunun, Zhou, and Rukai. Taiwan is home to an enormous array of indigenous musical cultures that the outside world doesn't know much about. And from now until the end of June, they're all ready for a wider public to get to know them at Tainan's Chahamu Museum. I'm Curious John, and I'll see you again next week. RTI is conducting a survey. Visit our website to fill out the questionnaire or simply send us your answers to the following four questions. Question number one. What platform do you use to listen to RTI programs? You can write more than one, but list the most frequent one first. Question number two. Which RTI programs are your favorites? Write no more than three programs. Question number three. Out of a total of five stars, how many stars would you give RTI's English broadcasts overall? And question number four. What are your suggestions for RTI's English programs? Everybody who enters will have a chance to win a prize. Send your answers to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan, 11199. Or send it via email. Our email address is audience01 at rti.org.tw. That's audience and the numbers 0 and 1 at rti.org.tw. Be sure to leave your name, gender, age, and nationality. I believe that there's a certain age when your inner child begins to fade. Now, for some people, it happens early, but for others like me, it's a lifelong battle to keep that little guy inside alive. I'm Andrew Ryan, and in today's Year to the Ground, in honor of my 40th birthday, I share with you the sound of my Taiwanese childhood. An ear to the ground. Wait, what? My Taiwanese childhood? Okay, that's a bit of a stretch, I guess. Well, I have lived here for almost 20 years, and I've certainly done a lot of growing up here. My physical childhood was in the United States. 
But mentally, sure, in some ways I have had a childhood here as well. Can you hear that? That's the sound of me opening up a candy. And all of a sudden I can smell the wonderful smell of a sweet tart in the room here now with me. And I mean, why not? Why not open some candy? In fact, I have a whole big bag of them here with me. While we're talking about my inner child, it only makes sense to feed him. I might even let him eat so much that he spoils his dinner. So what kind of candy do we have here? Well, this is a noise program, of course. So you can be sure that my candy is going to make some sort of sound. But we're going to save that for a little bit later. Let's return now for a moment to the question of how I could possibly have had a childhood in Taiwan. Well, for starters, I've learned how to listen from scratch and to speak from scratch in Chinese, of course. I've also had to learn to read and write and make friends from scratch. I've also had to learn how to deal with just about every possible social situation and life event as well. I've accrued a new vocabulary for expressing emotions. I built a new database of nonverbals. And then, of course, there's the Taiwanese sense of humor. I may not be the funniest guy on the block, but I have acquired a certain fluency. Now, I'm not saying I'm perfect at any of these things, of course. But you don't expect perfection out of a child anyway, right? And now, I'm going to pop this little candy in my mouth. So as you can tell, it makes a little bit of a noise. Now, in the run-up to my 40th birthday, which was yesterday, I came across this phrase, you'll find more happiness growing down than growing up. Now, I don't have any plans for regressing, but I'm certainly not opposed to spazzing out every once in a while with my inner child. I'm kind of doing that right now, right? The Chinese philosopher Mencius also had something to say about being childlike. He said, 大人者 the great man is he who does not lose his child's heart. If that's what it means to be a great man, then yes, I do aspire to greatness. And in my recent pursuit of greatness, aka childishness or childlikeness, I guess, I stumbled across some tips on the internet for embracing your inner child. Things like going for a swing on a swing set, turning an everyday task like laundry into an adventure, and feeling things intensely but moving on quickly kind of like a kid. Surely greatness must be within my reach. Now doing radio has helped keep my creativity flowing for the past 15 years and it's certainly allowed me more room for play than most jobs and for this I'm thankful and my inner child is thankful too. I've learned to look for the story in things like the stories behind the sounds I share in Ear to the Ground or the story contained in this whistling candy. And yes that is the sound of me opening another candy first. Sure, I could talk about somebody else's nostalgic childhood experience with these candies, but I can also use them as fodder for my own imagination. Maybe this whistle is the sound of a powerful weapon that can slay the bad guys. Maybe it's a magic bird whistle that can summon up a flock of birds at a moment's notice. Or maybe, just maybe, by blowing through this clever whistle, I can fast-forward this show quickly and then rewind it, and that somehow will leave you and I happier, healthier, more intelligent, more satisfied, more creative, and even better prepared to face this grown-up world in which we live. Maybe this candy can do all of the above, if we just let it. So how'd that work for you? I, for one, feel better already. 
with the Near to the Ground and my inner child on my shoulders, I'm Andrew Ryan. together already. It's time to feast! Sit down at the table with Andrew Ryan and Ellen Chu on Feast Meets West. Hello, welcome to the feast and this is Ellen. And this is Andrew. And this is Reese, back again. Okay. And we are talking pineapples, guys. I know. Pineapple sounds very sensitive, you know, just for recent reasons. Mm -hmm. Pineapples are sensitive. Sometimes people say that they, like, make your tongue swell or, like, some people Mm -hmm. are a little bit mildly allergic to them. I think so, because if you eat too much, you know, some of the species of pineapple do really cut your tongue Mm. a little bit. It's the fruit that eats you, apparently. It kind of digests you back as you digest it, (laughs) I've heard. But I think, you know, nowadays, you know, with Taiwanese agriculture, you know, advancement, they have found some species that can not damage your tongue. And what's amazing too is you can eat the whole pineapple. In America you don't eat the core. You have right. to cut the core out. But mm. in Taiwan you can eat the whole thing, right? Yes. So quick uh, backstory on why we're talking about pineapple. Yeah. If you haven't heard, uh, China started banning the import of pineapples from Taiwan mm-hmm. on March 1st. Um, then I guess before they uh, put the ban in place, like last year they imported more than 40,000 tons mm. which was like 95% of Taiwan's total pineapple exports. So basically, Taiwan's pineapple export market just disappeared within a matter of days. Mm. Right. And the reason that, you know, China announced that it was stopping the import of pineapples from Taiwan was that they found bugs, okay, in the shipments. But according to the Taiwan side, that they said it was only a small batch it was actually a long time ago, too. It was, right. it was uh, about a year ago that they and found them. And they already solved the problem. They solved the problem, and then China changed the law about imports, and then retroactively, I guess, banned the imports. So we're essentially thinking this is kind of an excuse for, mm-hmm. for banning the pineapples. Yeah. it's. I think it's probably, we can probably agree, it's probably political in mm-hmm. nature more right. than Right. But practical. the thing was that, you know, they actually helped the market mm. our pineapples because, you know, since China didn't want it, you know, and people across Asia were snatching it. Mm. Japan, Hong Kong, Singapore, and Australia. This must have shocked, you know, China, <laughs> right? Yeah. What? I think the story in of itself is quite interesting, but what makes it even more interesting was the response to what happened. Right. Taiwan just kind of went all out to try and really promote pineapples amongst right. Taiwanese people. Yeah, uh-huh. and and overseas as well. Yeah, and yeah. in fact, in just three days, they sold the same amount of pineapples that they would have sold to China if mm-hmm. they hadn't banned them. And maybe even more. And it became a kind of meme here in, in Taiwan. Like my Instagram feed for a few days was just full of pineapple posts and people making jokes and memes about it. So I, in the end, I thought this is quite a, quite a fun, kind of lighthearted story with a bit of hope at the end, you know? Yeah, it's mm. definitely good PR yeah. for freedom pineapples, I think was the hashtag, That's right? That's right. Mm-hmm. Before this, I actually didn't really know that Taiwan had a pineapple industry. I've not mm. really seen 
where are they grown down in the south i'd guess pingdong uh-huh. uh i believe in tainan they're actually just about to start harvesting the ones in tainan mm-hmm. and actually the mayor says that the sales could increase this year by a third wow wow because of what's happened right yeah. so buy pineapple stocks patriotism <laughs> pineapples right. right so people should buy you know pineapple stocks <laughs> we'll call it the yellow stock not the right. blue stock right mm-hmm. blue chip yellow chip right so how many pineapples do you guys think you've eaten in the month of march well surprisingly i haven't eaten any pineapple oh, yet oh no we're gonna change that in today's show okay how yeah. about you reese uh i'm gonna be honest and say that i really dislike pineapples <gasps> really uh, I really don't like it. It's my least favorite fruit. Have you oh, tried it in Taiwan? Uh, no, I haven't. And actually, I haven't tried pineapple for a very long time because I just remember that I don't like it. Mm. But my taste buds could have adjusted. But when did you not like this? Is it when you as were a back? Kid, like as a kid. But usually when you have it in UK or in the United States, a lot of them are canned. Canned, mm-hmm. yeah. Canned mm-hmm. pineapple. Yeah. And it tastes awful. I mean, a fresh yeah. pineapple in the UK is very expensive. Right. So today... The challenge is we are going to turn over Reese. Okay. Yes. Except okay. we do have one small problem. What? Because I've cooked the pineapple, so it's no longer fresh. <laughs> Ooh, so he might not like it. I mean, cooked maybe. I've had pineapple cake before, and I like uh-huh. that. Well, you know, pineapple in Taiwan is just, you know, amazing. It's totally different from maybe if you had a bad experience during childhood it's totally different mm, I've got I can pineapple PTSD that. yes <laughs> well, but you know with you cooking it mm, shall we have a look at our menu okay right, let's do it in our first course we'll talk about some of the interesting ways that people are eating pineapple plus a warning about how much is too much that's right in our second course I'm going to head into the Feast Meets West test kitchen And I'm going to make an upside-down pineapple cake with a Taiwanese touch. So if you are familiar with Taiwanese pineapple cakes, these are very different. This is the Western version of a pineapple cake. Okay, so third and final course, we will be sampling the cake right here in our studio. The big question, will Reese like it? Hmm. I I I think so. If I was to be president of a country... Outlawing Hawaiian pizza would be my first official oh, act. You no. know, my favorite type is called Mi Feng Li. Honey pineapple? Yeah. Uh-huh. It's, it, it has the softest texture <laughs> of the entire pineapple. It's smaller, but it has a very soft texture. I can appreciate many different kinds of pineapples. I can even appreciate it on pizza, Reese. Um, but I will not do that to you. I need, really? to, I need to leave the studio. <laughs> but, you know, for me, pineapple on pizza, I just... Don't really like. Not for me. Yeah. All right. Well, I like can, olive on my pizza. Give me all your pineapple pizza. I'll, okay. I'll eat it for you. you. Can take it. Okay. We're going to start off with a song. It's called Pineapple Princess. It's by a Spanish singer, Cristina Quesada. Quesada, Quesada. Pineapple Princess. He calls me Pineapple Princess. So they ask me, place you on the hill above the bay. Pineapple Princess. Sweetest girl I've seen Someday we're gonna marry And you'll be my pineapple queen I saw a boy in Oahu Island Floating down the bay And a crocodile He waved at me And he swam ashore And I knew he'd be Princess, he calls me 
princess all day as the place you can lay lay on the hill above the bay pineapple princess i love you you're the sweetest girl i've seen someday we're gonna marry and you be my pineapple queen first course Okay, we have clever uses of pineapple. Okay, so if we don't eat it, what else can we use it for? <laughs> you could put it on your head. <laughs> um, yeah. So actually, we are still talking about how to eat these pineapples, but in very unexpected or, I guess, heretofore untested ways. Mm. But, you know, if you lived in the States, like for me, I always see that, you know, people... Put a lot of the pineapple, like in the sweet and sour mm-hmm. dishes, mm-hmm. in the Chinese restaurant oh, in the yeah. U.S. Right? Yeah. So you see pineapple there, and then you see pineapple as decorations, mm-hmm. right? So like sweet and sour chicken, you would have pineapple in it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And also for Thai food, they have the stir-fried uh, rice. Mm-hmm. They put it in a pineapple bowl. Oh, I love that. Right? They put the, the rice, the whole stir fry in the bowl. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. they, they carved out some of the meat and they put a little bit in the stir fry too. Mm-hmm. Mm. The meat of the pineapple. Right. Yes. And? So here in Taiwan, a lot of people have started to get inventive. One of the organizations that is starting to push pineapples is the train authority. Well, okay. they, they, they're quite famous for their bento boxes. If right. you take a, a long train journey in Taiwan, you're going to get a bento for the train right. uh, and they're delicious they're super high quality and i guess that they've been reinventing the bento boxes to be including more pineapple ingredients so they use like the the uh well the skin okay of the pineapple to actually marinate the chicken legs that's and right also after they kind of like cook it they put on sauces made from pineapple. Mm. Oh, wow. And I think they're also uh, using what's called sitsong. It's a kind of a, a leaf uh, that's often used in indigenous cooking. So that goes in as well. Uh, and they're saying that the leg is kind of very tender as well. Well, you know, the American Institute in Taiwan create a pineapple menu in their staff restaurant. Well, that's some way to support mm-hmm. us. Okay. This, is, this is like the U.S. representative office in Taiwan. Right. Mm. So they had shrimp balls with pineapples, baked chicken with caramel pineapples. Well, you shouldn't be working there, okay? Pineapple curry fried rice. Mmm, that sounds good. Pineapple bitter melon Chicken soup. That's my favorite. <laughs> wow, I love bitter melon. With pineapple? Yes, bitter melon, like phony kukwa. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. And pan fried chicken with pineapple. And pineapple. Panna cotta is one of my favorite desserts. I okay, love it. Yeah. So Italian like jelly. Pineapple flavor. Mm. It's like a milk uh, okay. based dessert. Mm. Milk. I think it might have gelatin in as well. It does. Mm. It's a milky pudding. It's mm-hmm. delicious. Yeah. we. I made that for you before, Ellen. Mm. Yes. Panna cotta. Did. It's yes. usually served with some kind of fruit jam. Yes. Um, we did uh, dragon fruit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's also beef noodles, which mm. is very typically t- uh, Taiwanese. But uh, adding pineapple to beef noodles? Yeah. I'm not sure how I feel about that. <laughs> That's a little bit overdoing it, pushing O-T-T. over the border. Yeah, yes. mm. A restaurant in Kaohsiung called Pomme de Terre. Pomme de Terre. That means apple or potato? It means potato, potato. apple okay. of the ground. That's right. So they had 20 spots for a special five course and pineapple inspired meal scheduled for the second half of March, which filled up in a day. Okay, menu included pork wrapped pineapple with mozzarella cheese. Mm. That sounds okay. Red curry seafood with pineapple. 
and spiced chicken breast and pineapple salad. Mm. Hmm. Also, burgers with pineapple, which I love. That's a thing, well, right? That was already a thing. Yeah, I had yeah. that at uh, an Australian restaurant. Okay, but yeah. this one here, they do caramelized pineapple. Yeah, so you okay. basically you uh, roast it okay, until it blackens, and then it actually increases the sugar levels inside the pineapple. And mm. this one, they added truffle and foie gras. Foie gras. Okay. Foie gras. Because right. foie gras is actually very rich. Right. Mm-hmm. So you need something with a little acidity or right, sweetness to cut, to cut it. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oh, then right. also uh, Tsai Ing-wen, President Tsai, she loves popsicles apparently. And pineapple popsicles are her favorite way Ooh. to kind of support this cause. Uh, mm. She said on Facebook. I think, you know, the parents in my kids' school actually support pineapple in a way, too, because we have a parent tennis tournament coming up, and we were thinking about what to do as a trophy. So they decided to make pineapple trophies. That's cute. Yeah. That's super cute. It's cute, huh? It's it's very 2021. Yeah. One thing I really admire about Taiwan and Taiwanese society is when something like this happens, Everyone comes together mm. to kind of make make it fun and, and just support each other and have this really kind of positive form of patriotism. Mm. Yes. And it just really works and, and everyone's really enjoying it. Pineapple trophies. Pineapple I know. burgers, pineapple in, in beef right. noodles. Right, so everybody's going to have a new haircut called Pineapple yeah. Haircut. <laughs> I bet right? SpongeBob is... Uh, Coming back? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come back. Okay. Just a quick look at the nutrition of pineapples. You don't want to overdo it. Mm. Um, pineapples do have a lot of great things. They've got good vitamin C. They're a source of bromelain, which helps with digestion. Mm-hmm. However, here are the warnings. Really? Yeah, you want to be careful because they have a lot of acidity and they're very high on the glycemic index. Okay. So you want to be careful if you um, have gum disease, gum disease or ulcers, ulcers. diabetes. Uh, you don't want to eat too many on an empty stomach, um, especially if you have digestive disorders. Right. So, you know, in the Chinese ancient uh, medicine, they do say don't eat on an empty empty stomach because it kind of like, you know, scrapes the scrapes lining, the of, your lining of your stomach. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Is that the, the acidity, I guess? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, a nutritionist, Yang Zihan, advised against eating more than one-tenth of a regular-sized pineapple in one sitting. That's, that's not very much. That's no. not very much. Just, you know, one little piece. I could eat a third just of a pineapple. got to find a really big pineapple. <laughs> okay. But she says also, too, a whole pineapple contains about a thousand calories. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. Half your it's daily like a donut. Intake. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Wow. <laughs> but you need to core it if you want it to look like a donut. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to play a song called Suan Feng Li, and it's in Taiwanese. Sour pineapples. I don't know how to say it in Taiwanese. Sung Ong Lai. Sung Ong Lai. Okay, Huang <laughs> Siting. All right, much more to come when the feast continues. <laughs> Go, you're a good 
second course. We're back now on the second course of today's Feast Meets West. We're in the Feast Meets West test kitchen. And today I am going to make a pineapple cake. Now this is not the typical Taiwanese pineapple cake that you may be thinking of, which is more like a, uh, a short cake or almost even like a shortbread crust. Um, no, this is actually a Western style cake. Uh, it is an upside-down cake, which I think for many people uh, who grew up, uh, at least in the United States, uh, you'll find this very nostalgic. So basically, uh, when we're done, if it works out, we're going to have a layer of caramelized pineapples over the top of the cake. Uh, but instead of using the maraschino cherries, which you may have eaten or seen before, uh, we're actually going to use uh, some Taiwanese candied roselle flowers, which are beautiful, uh, sort of a magenta color, and uh, very berry-like in taste, uh, and it'll add a little moisture to the cake. So I'm actually going to be following a recipe by Martha Stewart, uh, and you can actually find that recipe by doing a search for easy pineapple upside-down cake. However, I'm going to make some very important changes because I do not have a large oven, and it's impossible for me to fit a skillet inside of my oven. So we're going to make do with my own little uh, fix. And hopefully this is going to work out. So I am starting off by uh, preheating the oven to 350. Uh, I'm combining uh, one and a half cups of all-purpose flour, uh, two teaspoons of baking powder, uh, and a quarter of a teaspoon of salt. Uh, and just stirring that in gently and is setting it aside. And now with an electric mixer, I am going to cream together my wet ingredients. And that includes uh, six tablespoons of butter. Uh, and I'm going to use less than a cup of sugar. So I want it to be just a little bit less sweet because I have very sweet pineapples today. Uh, and now that is uh, nice and light and fluffy. So I'm going to add in two large eggs, one at a time. In they go. And uh, one teaspoon of vanilla extract. All right. I'm now going to add the flour mixture in three uh, separate times, a third of the flour mixture each time. And I'm alternating that with two one-quarter cups of milk. So flour, quarter cup of milk, flour, quarter cup of milk, flour, and we're done. There we go. I've just uh, mixed that all in together. So I've got my batter all ready to go. Now what I'm going to do is take a frying pan. And over low heat, I am actually starting to already mix in some sugar and butter. So basically I have two-thirds of a cup of sugar and uh, three tablespoons cut into small pieces for the butter. And I'm just mixing that very slowly over gentle heat. I'm going to create a caramel. So now that I have a caramel ready in my pan, normally what you do is you pour the batter right over the top of it and stick it in the oven. I'm actually going to pour this out now into my cake dish. And now that I've got the caramel in there, I'm now pressing some pineapple rounds 
down on top of the caramel. Now what's really interesting is usually uh, in the United States you cannot eat the core of the pineapple. Um, now in Taiwan you can eat the whole darn pineapple because they've managed to create pineapples that are beautiful straight through the center. But I have actually cut little circles out because I want to put the roselle flowers in the center of each circle. I've also cut some half rounds of pineapple and I'm lining those up on the side of the cake dish. And now that I've uh, put all the pineapples and roselle flowers in place, I am now spooning the batter over the top of it. So in the oven it goes. I'm gonna bake this for uh, about 45 minutes. Um, I'm guessing with my oven it's probably gonna be more like 55 minutes. Uh, when it comes out of the oven, I'm just gonna let it cool in the pan for about five minutes. Uh, slice the edges with a knife. And then I'm going to carefully, very carefully, if this works out well, I'm gonna invert the whole thing onto a plate. So will I be successful? We'll find out in just a moment when we return in our third course on the feast. But first, I'm gonna play another song for you. And of course, this is connected to our topic. It's called Upside Down, because that's what uh, we're gonna do to our cake. We're gonna turn it upside down. And this is by Jack Johnson. Much more to come when the feast continues. Who's to say What's impossible they forgot This world keeps spinning And with each new day I can feel a change in everything And as the surface breaks Reflections fade But in some ways They remain the same and as my mind begins to spread its wings There's no stopping curiosity I wanna turn the whole thing upside down I'll find the things they say just can't be found I'll share this love I find with everyone We'll sing and dance to Mother Nature's song I don't want this feeling to go away You're listening to Feast Meets West Third Course Wow, lovely This is lovely This looks so moist mm. <laughs> Mm. Moist. So the big question is, Reese, who doesn't like pineapple, is he going to spit it out? <laughs> mm. Not bad. What's it's, the red stuff? Mm. So I want you guys to guess, because usually when this cake is made traditionally, an upside-down cake will have maraschino cherries, mm -hmm. uh, which is a decidedly not Taiwanese thing. So I chose something red and local. I know. Red and local. Luoshen. That's right. Right? What is those? They're roselle flowers. Roselle oh, flowers, Which right? have a berry-like taste. Okay. Mm. They, I mean, it looks very interesting. It gives it a nice color. Mm. I really like it. Do you? Yeah. I think the reason is because the thing that I didn't like about pineapple before... You don't before, have to say it because you're an intern here, you know. Uh, you I, have to please your boss. I'll be honest. You know, you have me here. I'll protect you. <laughs> Witness protection. <laughs> Program. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think what it is is that these are sweeter pineapples than I remember because、mm. I remember them being so acidic、mm. and not in a good sour way, in a kind of、mm. burning way.、Mm. Well, you know, I have to back him up on this because the species that we have in Taiwan, I think, it's like. I think you know genetic change or whatever. You、They've、know, they modified right? Them, they、yeah. modified them, so they took away the 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 acidity of it. And all the pineapples in Taiwan are very sweet in、mm-hmm. a way that sometimes I think you know they injected something. It feels、mm-hmm. like right. It's、mm-hmm. almost syrupy. The、mm-hmm. flavor, yes,、mm-hmm. and it has a nice after smell in your、mm-hmm. you know palate. Right.、Mm. Well, I have to tell you, I definitely、um, made a caramel for this. So、mm-hmm. if it tastes caramelly or kind of like syrupy, part of that is because it's sugar and butter、mm-hmm. uh, mixed in with the pineapple.、Mm. There's a big hunk of pineapple at the back that I'm going to try.、Mm. Um, but I'm, 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 you might have, you might have a convert here.、Mm. This is great marketing for Taiwan's pineapples, by the way. <laughs> I think so. You know, I like this better than Feng Li Su.、Mm. That's the Taiwanese pineapple cake,、right. really? Yeah. Oh my goodness! I think I'm. That might be blasphemous. <laughs> no, you know so I'm not is... trying to please. He's not my boss. <laughs> <laughs> so this is somewhere between the Taiwanese and the Western pineapple cakes, right? This is no. This is definitely a, a a Western pineapple cake. I think the only Taiwanese part about this is that I use Taiwanese pineapples and roselle flowers. Okay.、Mm. Yeah. So Taiwanese pineapple cake is more like a short cake.、Mm-hmm. It's like、right. a shortbread. With pineapple、mm-hmm. paste inside of it, right? I see. Yeah, it's good. I mean, not only is the pineapple quite delicious and very sweet, but of course, just the know, cake itself. The cake、Andrew. itself, it is amazing. The sponge.、Okay. If Mary Berry would be very proud, <laughs> she would be. That, she would say that this cake doesn't have a soggy bottom. <laughs> it's moist all the way through, and it just melts in the mouth. Yeah, you might even get a handshake from、uh, what's his name, Paul Hollywood. Paul Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If he walks away with the the dessert and brings it back to the judging station, then you've won. That's when you know you've won. I know. So you know we might enter you in a competition very soon. The Taiwan Bake Off, GTBO、Let's、baby, great、yeah. Taiwan Bake Off. <laughs> I think you should. You know you're so talented. He he's such a great you know cook、mm-hmm. and baker. Oh, you're just、Bake、buttering me and up and shake. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm not buttering you up. Oh. When's the next bake? <laughs> You don't bake that much anymore. I know. For the past year, you know, I think this is the first cake he baked.、Mm-hmm. Uh, is it true? true? That's true. In, in last year,、yeah. in the test kitchen for you, is it easier or more enjoyable to be baking or to be cooking? That's a great question.、Uh, the answer is definitely baking. Yeah, because they say that baking is more of a science.、Mm-hmm. Uh, so as long as you measure things properly and you are looking at all the cues, you'll get it right.、Mm. But with cooking, you actually can be very inventive, and、mm. there's a lot of flexibility. I'm not that flexible. <laughs> yes, he's, Although, he's more of a scientist, you know, with the actual, you know, measuring cup and everything. That's him. Yeah. yeah. I don't think we told Ellen, but Andrew, you said that the first attempt at this didn't go so well. That's right. Oh, <laughs> really? I had the most epic fail I've ever had in my kitchen. It like. Ever really? What happened? So bad. So my scale wasn't working,、okay. and I had to measure all the ingredients, and all the measurements were off. Especially the baking powder. I、okay. put like three times as much baking powder as you got <laughs>、oh, in it. No, my, I gave it to my friend, and they're like, "It tastes like." It tastes like pork、Flour. knuckle.、Okay. <laughs> you know, I can just picture the whole thing and how stressed 
Andrew was when he find out his skill was broken. I, at that point, I was very stressed and I had a little meltdown. Aww. But then after that, it kind of was like, you know what? Like, it's I'm not going to fix this. I just have to go with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we actually cooked it until it was done. Do you know how long it took to cook? No. Almost two hours. Are you serious? <laughs> it was wet. It was so like, it was gross. It was like, Aww. it was gooey. And so I put the whole cake in the middle of the table and we all kind of stabbed at it with forks. But uh, and none it was of coming it. alive and talking okay. to you. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I was like, "Thanks a lot for that." Okay. <laughs> nice sauna. So it was maybe more of a slime than. Oh, very slimy. A cake. Okay. Yeah, it was disgusting. All right. Oh. Well, you got back on your horse, your pineapple horse, and you made something <laughs> well, delicious. Well, he's not a person who gives up. Well, you know, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. So we have this wonderful, amazing pineapple cake here. Anything for the team, guys. Yeah. Anything wonderful. for the team. Lovely. Well, you know, since he did this beautiful pineapple cake i'm gonna announce our address <laughs> correctly p.o box 123-199 taipei taiwan and email us at androo at rti.org.tw that's right and next saturday on the feast a food that is guaranteed to make you salivate Ooh. drooling already in fact it has the word salivate in the name it does Ooh. are we gonna okay. give it away now we're gonna wait till next week I think we should wait until next week people are like what is named after mm-hmm. saliva it can't be good uh-huh. it's delicious I, I promise I guarantee you mm-hmm. yeah. one final song so the final song is called piece of cake and it's by <laughs> Baron Naked Lady, Canadian. That's right. It's a Canadian band from like the 80s. Mm. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but uh, it definitely is a piece of cake. I I think that's always a... Uh, a weird saying because cake is not that easy. I right. know. No, it's As like eating a oh, piece right. of cake. Eating uh, it is easy. So right. easy to pleasant, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For Vasey's Fast, I'm Andrew Ryan. This is Ellen Chu. I'm Reese Ayers. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Trying to get away from banging on the tabletop, screaming at the top of my lungs. Did it in a day when any other person would have taken off most of the Making cakes not easy Sometimes the one you take Can make a mess as we'll see Never wanted out I was leaning on the door When the whole thing fell to the ground Thought I was about To make it go away Maybe tuck it where it's safe and sound Make a mess as we'll see
piece of cake But making cake's not easy Sometimes the one you take Can make a mess as we'll see Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International. Thank you.